This is the John Oakley Show podcast. On a great day for talk radio, it's one of those days where we've been talking about uh, police matters in several regards. And of course, uh, as busy as that is for us talking about it, the people who have to coordinate the police contingent obviously have a busy time or have had a busy time of late, including the Chief Mark Saunders, who's now joined us in studio here on the Oakley Show. Mark, always a pleasure to see you. I guess these have been uh, heady times, the big parade and rally yesterday, and then the shooting kind of blindsided everybody. What is the latest on that? I mean, we've been reporting throughout the course of the afternoon that the individual who allegedly did the shooting is on the lam and still being sought. Can you bring us up to date? Yeah, John, sure, no problem. Good seeing you again. So really, the the long and short of it is, uh, with this particular situation with the shooting where we have four people uh, that were struck um, and we arrested three people, they're all charged with firearm offenses. They're they're not actually charged with the shooting itself because we retrieved two handguns. We are looking for a person of interest right now, and the description that we have, according to eyewitnesses, is male white, between five, nine, six feet. He's got uh, short, uh, light brown hair, heavy set, and he was wearing a button-down, a white button-down T-shirt moving westbound on Queen Street. So the big appeal really is to the public. It's safe to say that uh, there were quite a few million people there, and so it's, there's, there shouldn't be a shortage of, of eyewitnesses. But I, I think a lot of people in the moment really didn't understand who we're looking for, why we're looking for, and others would most likely just not help because they think the other guy is going to phone in. And uh, we've got a lot of uh, investigation to do still, tons of video to go through, still looking for witness appeals. A lot of people had cameras. I was watching the event, and you you saw thousands of cameras up there. So I think there's an opportunity to either catch the person while in the act or after the act, or I think more importantly, before the act. So if you're at the southwest corner or southeast corner of... uh, Nathan Phillips Square, and you're in that area. Um, if you have a picture or any pictures of anyone that fits that kind of description, please send that into the police so that we can further our investigation. And the one last piece that is the anomaly is the, the, the shell cases that we located on scene do not match either of the guns by way of caliber. So we know that the person who fired shots, the person who fired shots at that scene had a different gun. So that leads us to believe that definitely the person uh, that has some direct... Um, um, actions with regards to the shooting is, is not one of the people that we've arrested. We don't believe it anyway at this point in time until evidence tells us that and that that gun is not there. All the casings from a single gun? Well, I, I don't want to say that. I'm going to say different caliber and I, it's better to leave it that way because the investigators, as things unfold, uh, we don't want to be narrow with our scope or vision of what we're doing. We have to deal with the evidence and, and the way it was worded to me and from what I've looked at, the caliber is different than the two firearms that we've seized uh, to date. How many shots in total fired? Well, we can't give that because that's of evidentiary value. If a witness comes in and says, I heard this versus I heard that, um, we don't want to put it out there so that they'll come in and we can sift through who really was there and heard what versus the police telling the people what we want to hear. But four individuals struck and wounded. We've had four people that were um, shot in the process. I see. And, And the two guns that were recovered were recovered on two separate individuals that have been charged now. Uh, with firearms offenses, correct? Yeah, the men and women did a fantastic job. If if you understand the occurrence happened at uh, 3.45 in the evening, and then shortly thereafter, there was a group of two people that were apprehended and uh, an individual that was apprehended. And out of the course of the three people, two firearms were located. And I'll also say that... uh, we had the transit enforcement team also assisting with one of the arrests. One of the pictures that has been up there and out there indicates that it was a, a collective group of, of uh, law enforcement that uh, helped uh, bring the situation to a, a close so that we could maintain control of the environment again. 
And in the case of the two handguns recovered on the persons? Yes, that's correct. I see. And the police responding that quickly, uh, is it because they were in proximity? Uh, we understand there might have been a bit of a chase, and then they tackled them. We saw the video of uh, it looked like, I don't know, four or five officers at that point <laughs> tackling yeah. the individual. Were they right in the immediate uh, vicinity of these individuals or chased them? Yeah, so one of the, th- the things that, that we trained to in, 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 in this particular environment, this was a celebratory environment and, and, and that atmosphere. So we, we police towards that. But we also train and teach towards the transition when it has to turn into a security or investigative type of uh, issue based on what's put in front of us. And so on, on this count, obviously the celebratory transition changed dynamically and very quick. Uh, officers move towards those, those, those gunfires and deal with it uh, the best that they can, as quick as they can. And, and uh, also add, you know, a couple of days ago when, when the Raptors won the championship and uh, I was down there at uh, between 2 and 3.30 in the morning, Shortly after I left, uh, there was another uh, situation uh, which uh, resulted into, in a shooting. And, and as a result of that, uh, from the accounts that I've been told uh, and witnesses, the officers, again, really quickly moved towards that. And, and uh, they really do want to keep people safe and wound up arresting, uh, apprehending five people and I believe retrieved four guns. So in, in the span of a couple of days, we've got people that uh, have the intention of shooting and do shoot in a public space knowing that, that hundreds of police officers are around. So, you know, it does raise a concern. It doesn't speak to the hundreds and thousands of millions of people that are there, but it does speak to a segment uh, of people that, that are willing to, A, carry a gun, but, but more importantly from a law enforcement perspective, use those guns in, in public spaces or in any situation in our, our city. With Mark Saunders, chief of police, I think that's what frustrates so many people because, I mean, the talk of a handgun ban, for example, nice in theory, but in practice, the bad guys are not going to adhere to it. Now you had Bill Blair, who's uh, in charge of border security and uh, such matters. He's talking about a ban on assault-style firearms and leaving the handgun thing up to municipalities per se. How do you feel about that? Well, I've, I've had a pretty good stance, and I've been very consistent right from the start. Now, I've got a lot of time for, for Minister Blair, and, and obviously I'm a little biased towards that. He, I was, uh, he was a mentor to me. But when it, when it comes to assault rifles, John, I, I still have no understanding why any member of the public has an assault rifle, full stop. So I really do think that what they're designed for uh, should be uh, only in the hands of law enforcement. And I, I've been public about this before. And, and when I look at the, the, the carnage that it has caused in, in south of the border, um, there's a there's a, a continuous story that goes on with assault uh, style weapons. Uh, with handguns, I've also been pretty specific with that. Uh, we we will enforce whatever law is written, but but my focus and the focus of the men and women of the Toronto Police Service, uh, I'm interested in, in people that are motivated to use guns. Um, that speaks to the criminal elements. We we apprehend people. We don't apprehend guns. We seize guns. And so our our job, our role and responsibility is to make that apprehension of people. But there's a different methodology behind our approach when it comes to that apprehension piece, which is, I think, uh, a necessary lens to look at in today's policing. All right. Rather than a comprehensive ban, as had been initially intimated by the federal liberals, uh, suggesting now, as Bill Blair has, that each city would make up its own protocol or whatever they would do uh, to deal with that, do you think that's the right model? Well, I, I, I... Again, I don't want to jump into that uh, bandwagon. Now, I've, I've got a focus and I've got a responsibility and, and, and I'm responsible for the uh, conduct of the members of the service. And we, we have to, at our core, um, uh, do our best to keep our community safe. And, and so my focus really uh, speaks to street gangs. Most of my shootings in the city are, are street gang related. 
And, and there is a social piece to that that I think uh, I've, I've spoke my narrative about the proactive piece and then the active piece. When A shoots B, there needs to be incarceration. There needs to be a deterrent factor. And then the, the third basket, which is, okay, what happens after? We make the apprehension. 90% of the people we arrest come back into the public. And, and a lot of these folks that have shot, when they come back, they're going to come back and into it again. So we have to invest in all three of those streams to, to get this right. So that there's no magic pill. There's no, if we do this, then that will happen. It, it is a predominant social issue that needs to be identified at its root cause. And then we have to figure out those programs at the front and back end. And equally with my lens, which is the middle lens, is when you do shoot somebody, we're going to look for you, apprehend you, bring you before the judicial system. And I, I hope for deterrent factors to, to make that statement. Chief, is it your sense that yesterday was gang-related? Well, in my sense, yes, but I, I, I want to be very clear. I can't be definitive on that, and, and there are many reasons for that, and I want this to be brought before the courts. But when we deal with the street gang subculture, we have particular age demographics, and we know for a fact through a lot of our intelligence and through agents and informants and a whole host of other apprehensions that we have made that it is uh, a known characteristic to be carrying handguns in, in public spaces, 90% of the time to protect themselves, but whenever a situation arises that gives them an opportunity to use a firearm, they will use a firearm. Uh, most people are, are alien to carrying a gun in the city, uh, other than the Toronto Police Service right now at this point in time, it's specifically a handgun, which has better concealment factors to it versus rifles or other types of um, um, gunplay. And um, so when, when we put these things together, it does fit the script. We'll know the evidence as things uh, unravel. We are making a public appeal because we still have some missing pieces to the puzzle, which is why uh, you've got me here to, to help promote that uh, public appeal. Uh, this did not happen in a vacuum. This happened in a very uh, public space with, I would say, the largest group in Canadian history in one geographical spot. And so I, I would like this solved, and, and there's tremendous potential to solve this one. Yeah, it's pretty brazen. By the way, were the individuals arrested yesterday known to the police? Well... I, I don't want to get into that. I don't know the answer, so I'll be fair with you on that. I'm not being coy. I'm not interested if they're known to the police. What I'm interested in, the fact that they're pulling out guns and they're shooting each other, or in this particular case, they're in possession of firearms. Were the guns loaded? Yes, they were, yeah. yeah. On another matter here, while I've still got you, uh, and again, uh, you know, appealing to the public, as you said earlier, you know, there were so many people with cameras at the ready, uh, the yep. chances of somebody actually having uh, a picture of this individual, even if they think it was inadvertent or uh, they're not aware of it, uh, there may be something of evidence and importance to the police. So you might want to check, uh, go through, scroll through the pictures taken yesterday. And if in, at all you were in that uh, southeast quadrant of Nathan Phillips Square or even uh, towards the Sheridan Center along the south sidewalk of uh, Queen Street going west, uh, there may be something there that is of use. Finally, I've got to ask, though, on the matter of logistics yesterday, I mean, we've heard from people, some were dismayed that uh, the parade and everything took so long to get to Nathan Phillips Square. In hindsight, and we talked to Brad Ross last hour, city's uh, communications director on this matter, said it was really by committee that the whole thing came together on a pretty tight timeline. And so logistically, from your input with the police service, learning what we now know, uh, do you think a police escort, maybe motorcycles, getting the buses through the crowds, might have uh, expedited everything to get people up there in a timeline where, you know, kids weren't, you know, being uh, dehydrated and people waiting online crushed there for five, six, seven hours at a time. Uh, how do you see it in hindsight now? 
in hindsight, when it, when it comes to these types of events, there's always going to be something that could be done better. Uh, the most important factor is that the ability of one entity to talk to the other entity. We're in the process of debriefing uh, our action and our roles involved right from the start to we're going to do this on this day. Uh, and the collectiveness of working with other agencies, there will be gaps that will be identified. There always are. I've yet to see a, an event with a lot of people where we've done it perfectly. And we always look for ways to improve uh, on 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 the experience in that moment. And this is a unique time in history in, in, in Canada. And there was a lot of excitement. And, and to some people, it, it was, um, I'll never get this opportunity again. And so you kind of have to strike that balance. Our role is that security piece, that security lens. And uh, we use our expertise in that form. And, and then from there, all the other pieces build out. And uh, I'm sure that there will be lessons learned and there'll be things, I think, if we ever have another opportunity where we have millions of people, and, and I hope there are other opportunities, that uh, you'll see a, a much better version. But collectively, the vast majority of people that, that came prepared, that brought uh, water because they knew they'd be there for a while, were hydrated, uh, had a fantastic experience. I spoke to so many people that, that loved it and were excited that they were part of that experience. So if we had a better hockey team over the years, we might be experienced at doing this. I see what you're saying. Yeah, there here. you go. I appreciate yeah. you coming in today. Thanks, and uh, we wish you Godspeed in trying to find the, the individual as far as uh, the shooting yesterday is concerned because uh, too much of that going on in the city, and uh, we've got to tamp that down. Chief Mark Saunders, again, very much appreciated. You've got to do this more often. Thanks, John. I will. Thanks for listening to the John Oakley Show podcast. Be sure to rate, review, and subscribe for free at Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, and anywhere else you get your on-demand audio.